Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to our second episode of Lepa Gurus with Lija and Shabir. Hey everyone, it's Shabir here. And before we begin today, Lija and I would like to thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We truly appreciate all the support. And we have another great episode for you guys to sit back, relax and enjoy too today. Yeah, man. Thanks guys for listening to like the entire episode, the entire 30 minutes of our first episode. So today, Shabir and I decided to take a step back and make this episode a lighter one, a more relaxed one. And we plan on talking about how is it, how is it like growing up in Malaysia. Yeah, and um, you know, growing up in Malaysia has definitely been a really, really unique experience. So Lija, why don't you start us off by telling us about your childhood, how you grew up and all that stuff. <laughs> Alright, so to begin with, I grew up in Petaling Jaya area, PJ area. And for my primary school, I went to, yeah man, I went to SJKC Yokchai. Mm-hmm. So it's a Chinese government school, uh, mm-hmm. primary school. And, and yeah, that's like the origin of like fierce teachers and like caning, right? So the, and that's how they discipline the kids. So basically, were you caned, uh, were you caned a lot when you were in primary school? Were you a naughty kid? Bro, what do you mean? I was immune, man. Immune. I was immune to the caning, dude. So it was. Yeah, like, man. What were they using? Like wooden ruler, metal ruler, rotan, hanger. Bro. Karusi. Karusi? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. People no get creative la. La, after a while. Nah, it was, it was straight up wooden king. Oof. Is this like the, the wooden yeah. king? Is like the thin one or is it like the thick one? I mean. Depends lah. I mean, some some teachers use like the thick ones, mm-hmm. but the pain, the, but the pain ones are the thin ones, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man. So when when you hear the whip, they hit different, bro. Hit different. <laughs> yep, mm. yep. So, Lisa, right, you so... you went to uh, uh, was that a government primary school, and then you made the shift to a a private secondary school, and you did IGs. So was that a big shift for you to go from like the government education system to like private education system? Then was there like a big like culture difference as well? Mm-hmm. So to give you guys a background story, so after going, t- after attending my primary school in a, in a SJKC, I went to a private school, which is called Beacon House. Shout out to the BSI kids. And when when you mentioned Wait, so wait, can you repeat your question again? Ah, okay, okay. So my question is basically like, was there a big like culture difference in like government mm. schools and then going to like uh, private schools? Was it like difference in like the way they teach or just like the, the friends you had there or, you know, whatever, like anything, anything that's different, the environment? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously that transition, I feel I felt like a um, small culture shock Cultural shock in the sense that, I mean, like, the education-wise, how I'm being taught, the friends I'm making. No more caning. The, <laughs> the environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, things are definitely different from, like, government school and, like, the private school I went to for my secondary, secondary education. Mm-hmm. I'll say that, what's the difference, you might ask? The teachers are more like interactive with the students, I'll say, where they actually like 
talk to like what one to one ish kind of. Uh, and like okay. the classes are small, like the attention to detail, lah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the classes are small as well, so like the teachers are have like a better attention than you. So you pretty much gain more attention, lah. Basically. Yeah, dude. Government schools, I think minimum like in one class is like thirty students. Can be up to I think forty, depending on the size of the school and the form. So it's mad. I I went to government school, so like on my my side, I grew up in Bangsa. I'm a Bangsa boy. I say that very proudly. I don't know why, <laughs> but yeah, I grew up in Bangsa. I went to primary and secondary school in government schools in Bangsa, and uh, I never had that much of a culture shock. But it was going to school in Bangsa and then going growing up. Basically, I grew up with the same set of friends for like I would say eleven years, you know, because high school and primary school. So seventy percent of my primary school friends went to the same high school as me. So, you know, we didn't have to, like, socialize and get accustomed to a new school and all that. Nothing like that. It's just, you know, it's like we're friends and, like, we're there in the same school. So, it's like, you know, good times all around. So, shout out to all my BB friends. And, uh, but it was basically being trapped in, like, a small bubble, uh, I would say, the experience. Because, like, you never really venture outside your comfort zone or as, as, that's at least my experience you never really venture outside your comfort zone so you know you're like with the same friends with the same group of people in just the same environment for like 11 years so when i went to college there was a huge like i would say huge lab but there was like a transition era where i was just like oh wait this is different this is different and all so yeah that's that's my uh it's my side so Lija, what is what is one thing that you you were grateful for when you changed from like government to uh private schools i mean of course one thing i'm grateful is that the education in the education wise i gained much more not to say i gained like i learned much more but i've been taught like differently i've been mm-hmm. taught in like in a different way of thinking how do i think this think and process stuff Mm-hmm. It's not in, like in a different manner when I'm in like in a private school compared mm-hmm. to like government school. So yeah, I'll say like one one of like the main pros of mm-hmm. me attending like a private school. But one thing that I'm grateful for that switch between the government school and like a private school is the toilets, man, bro. <laughs> Bro, the toilet. the toilets in this this is something I can agree on, man. Because, whew, grow doing eleven years in 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 government school. I mean, I'm sure that our government schools out there who like really really take care of their toilets and you know go that. I mean, extra yeah, we, we can't like say for like the same for like all all government schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in my experience, I mean, okay, so. Why would I say toilets? Bro, I mean, the toilet papers, man. Imagine you're, you're attend, you attend a school which, are, we keep, which provides you toilet papers. Bro, That's a big my, class, man. My school had no toilet papers, bro. It's just that their hose, you know. Yeah, you know the orange color, the, the pipe? Yeah, I know, you know the pipe, right? uh, The pipe, then you connect to the tap, and then that one. Uh, dude, I mean, for us, we are guys. So... The we is much much easier for us to do whatever we need to do in the toilet, but bro, mm-hmm. some governments like 
I like I don't know how clean the girl's toilet was, but if it's anything a reflection of the guy's toilet, man, I feel bad for them, bro. Because girls definitely, you know, they need. Oh, I just whoa. Think about it. It's just like I couldn't survive, man, if I was a girl. So like those were brave, brave soldiers, lah. Anybody who went to a government school toilet, you know, is those are guys. These guys have been through war. It's an experience, man. It was wild. It was really, really wild. It was. Some people, like some of the students, it, it's, it's not even the school's fault or anything. It's just like some of the students, they're so like, I don't even think irresponsible. Like, like graffitis. Like, so- yeah, yeah. They, 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 the graffitis aside, because graffitis can be painted over. These people, like, they do their business and they don't flush. Or like, they're just very, very unhygienic. So it's like, ah, whoa, man, this is mad. You know, like how now, because of the coronavirus, everybody's like washing their hands and stuff. Dude, I'm telling you, I don't think people used to use the boys toilet used to wash their hands. Like I feel like a very small percentage, dude. Just bacteria infects infested toilets, dude. Dude, I've I've seen people. I see a, a bunch of people like going to like toilets like without washing their hands, right? Mm-hmm. It was so common like back then. Did, I mean, did like, your primary it, school I, toilets have like soap, like soap dispensers? Um, not often. Oh my! Once mine, in a blue moon. Yeah, they yeah, will refill it once, once in a blue moon, and it will gone, mm. like in a day. In That's a day, so true, so true, dude. Some some kids in my in my in my school, I don't know. How, they were just so brave. I don't know if they were just in fear of the like normal toilets, but like they were so brave that they used to go and use the teachers' toilets without the teachers' permission and they because. Oh my god, man. The teachers were clean. Like, I wish I would have had the guts to do it, but bro, it's really, really a wild experience going in government school toilets. Uh, it's definitely a memorable one. Lah. I mean, I'll say the toilets are okay at some point, mm-hmm. but when the, like, when the cubicle, when there's no locks on the cubicle, oh, bro. God. Oh god. Dude, there are times where I, like, I had a thicker I had to, I had to, I had to take a dump, and mm-hmm. when when I when you know like how like government school toilets where you you just squat down right, I had to, and there are no locks. I had to put like my hand, like on the door to block it yep. to block the door yep. while yeah taking a dump, dude. It was so bad. You'd be and the most myself, flexible bro. in your life. You'd be the most flexible in your life during that scenario because you are just like it's like life and death crisis type of moment, you know. Wild is wild. So mm. okay, I think now let's let's switch the topic and talk about something nicer and not not that la. So one thing that was a big highlight of my schooling life and was definitely one of the like whenever this used to happen, it would be one of the best days of the year. Was when the Milo truck used to come to our schools. And bring us those, and you know we'd line up, you know like we'd queue up in those massively long lines just for that one tiny short cup of Milo, bro. That was like heaven in a cup, lah. That was heaven, yeah. I mean, that 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 was an entire experience itself. I would like like for example like Harry Sukan, right? Yo, My, there would be like Milo trucks coming in. And I would queue, I would like take 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 15 oh minutes. 
It's I will it's go like through the queue. Apart, yeah, man. I will go through the queue just for that one, like you mentioned, that one shot of Milo. I will down it and go back to the queue and get some more. Oof. I remember I, those who could trick the abang, the abang Milo truck guy, uh, to make them give give him more, give them more Milo the second time. Those were. <laughs> amazing amazing people amazing like i have so much respect for them you know and then do you know they used to do a lot of skill like they'd hold like a, a stack of cups in their hand and then they'd turn on the pipe and then they'd put one cup and then they'd give it to another person and then they pull out another cup i don't know if you've seen videos of them doing it or if you've ever seen them doing it but it's just so much skill and the pipe doesn't close until all the cups are done you know it's just what tremendous. my little guys I, what my little guys have you been facing man Dude, these guys are like so skillful. Like they hold like the stack of cups in one hand. They turn on the tap. Then the cup flows in. Then the, like the Milo flows into one cup. Then they pull it out of the stack. They give it to a person. And then they put another cup under below it. But it there, there are videos of it on Twitter and YouTube. Just look it up. It's just so satisfying to watch. It's Those just an some... amazing thing. Okay, have Those you realized... Like have you realized that Milo tastes different? Depending on the packaging. Yeah, bro, for sure. Like, I've been like, I've tried like canned Milo's, mm-hmm. box Milo's. Yeah. Even Milo's from McDonald's tastes different. I mean, okay, there's Milo from Mamax. There's mm-hmm. Milo from the cans, the the truck, Milo truck, heavenly. There's one that you can make it in your house. And then the box Milo. And then what was one more? McDonald's Milo. I think out of all, my favorite is like Mama, Milo truck, and then my house. The McDonald's Milo, I don't... It's like so diluted for me. I don't know why. I feel like I really... It's just it's like not a good good drink for me. But some people prefer the McDonald's Milo. I don't know why. Like, it just hits different, you know? But diluted, yeah, I agree with so, Yeah, it's... Sometimes it's like it gets way too diluted to my taste. Yeah. You know, because like... I feel like if you don't like Milo... I feel like I, I question your nationality because you might not be Malaysian. Cause I feel like I've come across with people who don't like Milo and I'm just like, yo, I, I don't know if I can vibe with you, dude. Milo is just such such a beautiful drink. You can have it for breakfast. You can have it for tea. You can have it before you 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 sleep. You can have it for supper. You can have it like just, just for fun at any time of the day. Milo is, is it's like a shapeshifter of a drink. It suits every mood you have. Happy, sad, excited. I mean, that's the beauty of, like, Malaysian food in general, in general, right? Ooh. I mean, yeah. oh, okay, Milo doesn't come from Malaysia, to be honest. It comes from, like, Australia. Ma- Nestle is Australian, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but okay, it's, but... it's, it's a Malaysian thing at this point, like, I don't think you can contest <laughs> that. I mean, but, yeah, coming back to what I said, I mean, that's how, like, the beauty of Malaysian food is in general. Take, for example, Nasi Lemak. You can have it anywhere for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, for supper, like you said. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, Nasi Lemak is the best, man. Well, okay. What's your favorite place to get Nasi Lemak? My favorite place? Mmm. I feel like I know this answer already, but it's not a double check. I mean, all right. So that's this one place. And I'm sure most PJ people would know. Most. I say say a good 95% 95 to 100%. It starts with a V, village and it ends park, with a P. Of course, <laughs> la, no, no need to be all suspense, suspense all. Everybody knows it's Village Park. Yeah, Village Park is quite Bro. solid. It's like 10 ringgit, huge chicken, fantastic. 
I mean, village part is like top notch. It's like another level of Nasi Lemak, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely. And like, I mean, the consistency was his always there. Like, yeah, the, okay. the times I've been there, and other times I've been there, the Nasi Lemak has always been fresh. So that's why, like, it's the top of my, it's top, it's the top of my list. It's different, bro. It's different. Yeah, bro. Okay, so I think another like like growing up in Malaysia, right? One of the biggest parts of our culture is like how we unite in cer- certain circumstances. And I think one of my favorite the th- the moment I learned this, one of my favorite things is that growing up, like we used to watch Lee Chong Wei the Olympics and like badminton tournaments and all that. And the best things used to be was when like I don't know I don't know if it was like the Prime Minister who at the time who tweeted it or it was one of the ministers but they'd always just be like uh Kalau Lee Chong Wei menang is so uh public holiday. <laughs> and every Malaysian would just be at the edge of their seats just waiting for Lee Chong Wei to win man. That that guy is the literal good. You know he's definitely greatest of all time. What a guy lah. Bro, Lee Chong has been the MVP, man. I mean, yeah, sports are like sports in Malaysia in general has brought like big part, big part of our culture. Yeah, it brings like everyone together and pretty much unite for the same thing. I mean, there, there's one time I remember, I think it was the Asian Games mm-hmm. where the Malaysian football and if they were to win the Sea Games and like the Prime Minister Najib at the time would declare like a national holiday. I don't know if you remember. I mean. Although, unfortunately... I can't remember this, but it it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. But I'm sure of this, though. So, Mm. but although they did not win, there was was a public holiday no matter what. So, it was great. It was great times, lah. Like, another part of the the culture, like, sports being a big part of our culture, is that, like, whenever, like, uh, our national football team plays, and, uh, you know, the, the games are always sold out, and we go full force to the stadiums and the LRTs are packed, the roads are jammed. Like at least two hours before the game, two hours after the game, it's so hard to get home because of the jam, because of how many Malaysians go and show up. So, you know, it's definitely like a really, really cool thing to see. Yeah, man. I mean, I've been to like a couple of games. Like, Have you been, Shabi? No, I've never been, sadly. Never. <laughs> I've, like, I've been to like, actually like a couple of like, Malaysian team games. Mm-hmm. It was great, man. The, um, the atmosphere was like another level, dude. To give you guys a perspective, I drove to the stadium like an hour early or so. I'll say two hours mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. And the queue was insane. I had, to yeah, park, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to park like so far away from the stadium and have to walk like 20, 30 minutes. It was crazy, man. You and see then, the like, LRT is like, it's like, it's like peak, peak, uh, peak hour on the LRT, but like, twice the capacity dude, it's like it's I've crazy. seen Instagram stories of people just, just cramming in the train dude is is mad we, when we when we really show up to support we really do it full force and I feel like that's one of just the coolest coolest things uh, about you know being Malaysian because it's like it's just an undeniable fact that we're very passionate people yeah like sports like props to like sports in Malaysia unites us all around yeah that's that's, re- that's one of the best things, you know. And then, you know, talking about culture, you know, uh, you know, now that, like, I've grown up, I, I don't know if this is about you, you, you can tell me later on, but, like, now that I've grown up, I've, you, you come to a point where you, like, you want to learn more about your culture or 
you understand more about your culture, whether it's the culture of your country, the culture of your community, the culture of your race and religion. And, you know, growing up, you never really think about these things. You're just like, oh, whatever, you know. But now when I grow up, you're like, oh, actually, this is really fun. This is a really fun thing about my culture. And for example, like food. Food is a huge part of our culture, whether it's on a national level, community, or just, you know, family level. And, you know, growing up, like, food was one of the things that brought all of us Malaysians together because every Malaysian loves roti chana, loves nasi lemak, loves uh, dim sum and all that stuff. But imagine if we were to grow up in, like, countries like America, where I've, like, I've heard, seen a lot of, like, American Indians and American Chinese or, you know, American Asians, basically, who bring their, like, uh, you know, like, home-cooked food to school, you know, break time, and then, like, the American kids make fun of them because they, they don't like the smell or the texture is weird. So then this makes us makes this makes those those kids who bring the food like feel bad about their culture or like shy or embarrassed and then they tend to like stray away. But then when they grow up they look back at it and it's just like why why was that why did I do that? Actually my culture's really cool and you know we have great food and you know all of that. So that's why like I like it's a big blessing growing up in, in Malaysia in a multiracial country like we have. Because like when our culture is all around us and you can see it everywhere, whether it's the Chinese culture, the Indian culture, the Punjabi culture, the Malay culture, it's all there. So that's why it's great. So what do you think? I think whatever is saying like makes so much sense. Like of course, like when we grow up in Malaysia, like food has been normalized. Normalized in the sense that we are used to like having Chinese food, Malay food, Indian food. And to put in comparison with like the Western culture. Like what mac and cheese? Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't we can't like stereotype and generalize, but um, I said that appreciation starts only started after a while. I di- I never realized for you or just like in general. I said for me and mm-hmm. in general as well. I mean, what what do you think? Like I feel that the appreciation comes like after like, a certain time. Like growing up, I never thought about like food appropriation. I never thought about like cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good good point. I feel like it's just like when you're older, you're just forced to think about these things because you're exposed to the other world. When you're younger, you're very sheltered and you don't know that all of these things exist. So yeah, I mean, definitely at a certain age. And like to, I mean, I don't know if you have experienced this, but when I was like a kid, not up to like a certain age, I'll say, probably early teenager years. After that, I was more... So wait, wait, like 13 and below? Pretty much, like around there, roughly. Ah, okay. I mean, I was like, I enjoy like Western, the Western culture so much. I enjoy like the Western food so much. Or like always like mm-hmm. cry to my parents that, hey mom, hey mom, hey dad, let's go eat Western food like every day. Let's just be like, Ma, can we get McDonald's? Mom's like, there's food at home. It's like, I don't want food at home, bro. I want McDonald's. But like after like a certain age, I'll say like probably like college or maybe late teens, mm-hmm. I I tend to like grew along my culture. I tend to like appreciate more. Mm-hmm. I tend to appreciate my food more. Now that you're in the UK or before going to the UK, were you like this? Or after going to the UK, did that feeling like amplify? Yeah, definitely. Or did that feeling come from being in the UK? It did not come from the UK. 
But also it amplified mm -hmm. it, what you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine this, right? You're away from home. And like, what, what's, what's in your head? It's like Malaysian food. And Malaysian food and family. How's it like back home? Yeah. So yeah, that, that feeling definitely like ampli amplifies it even more. Where I pretty much appreciate my love for Malaysian food. La. Okay, here's a, a bit of, I wouldn't say it's a semi-unrelated question, but how have you ever gotten homesick and how did you deal with it? Definitely, right? I mean, I say when I was in UK, like after mm -hmm. a while, the homesick, like the homesickness came to me and it was pretty bad. I had to like deal with it like, mm -hmm. and at some, at some point it was really bad, but like, I felt, I felt like I, I needed to like get through it to actually like gain that, that independent or some sort to actually like grow, grow out from my comfort zone. Is there any certain thing that you do? to like uh, deal with your like uh, homesickness? Like do you cook Malaysian food or like something like that? Number one, cooking your own Malaysian food. Definitely. What, what can you cook? What can you cook? I bring like paste, man. Like curry paste. Like so much like ready-made paste back to UK and prepare my Malaysian food over there. How much paste did you bring with you for the first time? In like the first time you went? Easily like 15, 15 packets. Of like mixed paste. Is that considered a lot? That's considered all right. I I say, okay lah. <laughs> okay lah. Okay. Yeah. So okay now okay you're all grown up. Uh, when you look at Western culture, what do you think about it? Like, are you do you do you question like oh why do I like Western culture so much or do you like still like Western culture? I mean, of course, my my love for my culture has like increased right since I've grown up, mm -hmm. but. I can't really like look down upon the Western culture. Like mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. But now, like, if you ask me, hey, do you want to go out and eat some Western food or like some local food or or some sort? Oh, actually, I like, mm -hmm. tend to like I will lean towards more to the the local food. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, no lie, honestly, I'm I'm pretty much I'm still like my favorite food is burgers. So I'm I'm very much into burgers, but. I definitely do tend to stray more towards like Malaysian food more than burgers. Like burgers are like, it's like my comfort food. I don't know why. <laughs> can't explain it. McDonald's is your comfort food? What? Not McDonald's. Uh, like, like, like Burger Lab or like, uh, like Rumbly. Rumbly is good. Like. Rumbly like once in a while just hits different. So yeah. Okay. Uh, you got anything else to add? No, I'm good. Okay. I got, I got, I got, I got I think one more thing to add. Like, I always found this like pretty funny. It's like when I was in in school, like uh, there was like a relatively, I mean like a lot of teachers, we always used, I had this, oh sorry, I mean, sorry, wait, let me restart my story. When I was in school, in my final year of high school, I had this one BM teacher and he was a huge, huge fan of like Bollywood movies and songs and all that. So this one time he watched this like Shah Rukh Khan movie with Kajo Lilian. I don't know if you know who these Bollywood actors are, but they're pretty famous. Like, a lot of like Malaysians know who they are. I, I, I don't know how that happened. And he was just like, he asked all the like Indians and Punjabi people in our class and just be like, do any of you know this song? Can you all sing this for me? And then he points to me and my friend and he's just like, do you guys know this song? Can you sing this for me? And we were like, what? Like, we, we I'm, I wouldn't, like, I know how to speak 
in in uh, Punjabi, but it's like very broken. Do you know how to speak in uh, Mandarin? My proficiency in Mandarin has dropped since like primary school. I mean, it's still there. Yeah, I can still speak. Like, I can have conversations uh-huh. and whatnot. But I said, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the quality has definitely dropped. But it's still okay, lah. Yeah. So, okay, lah. Can, lah. Can, can pass, lah. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this teacher was like literally, he was just like, he's just like staring at us. He's just like, sing lah, sing for me, sing lah. And I was just like, I can't do this, man. I can't do this. And thank God, this one like girl in my class, she she knew the song and she's like. And we were like so thankful to her. And she had a really great voice. Lah. Like, bro, uh, you know, thank you so much. But like, I can't, I can't imagine if I had to sing. Because I, I also knew that song. So I can't imagine if I had to sing that song, right? Oh my you God. You got saved by the girl, man. <laughs> how, yeah, how old were yeah, you? Yeah, shout out to the girl. 17? Seven, oh, 17. Yeah, final oh year of high school. God. This is mad. Lah. Yeah. It's like one more thing I just like to clarify. And this is because, like, because we have so many cultures in Malaysia, right? Uh, a lot of people don't know a lot about, like, other cultures. I mean, they do know a lot about, but it's, like, very touch and go. So, I just want to, like, so usually when I introduce myself, people will, I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm Orang Singh, or I'm Singh. And then they immediately get, like, who I am. But, like, that's technically wrong. I'm actually uh, Punjabi. Punjabi is my race and Sikhism is my religion and Singh is the name that all like Sikhs practice like Sikhs have. So yeah, I just wanted to do my part and put that out there because like it's a bit weird like now that I know all these things like more things about my culture it's a bit weird that I have to keep introducing myself as uh, identifying myself as Orang Singh. So I hope Whoever listens to this podcast, if y'all are confused about like the terminology and how to identify us Punjabis, this clears it up for you. Yeah. Uh, okay, DJ, anything else on your side? I mean, to to continue with what what you've mentioned, mm-hmm. like I want to add on, Malaysia is like a country with full of diversity, full of culture. So yep. I'll say the blame can't really be put on them for not knowing like things of from your culture. No, no, yeah, yeah. That's why I said, like, I just wanted to do my part and just let them know this is how you do it. Because I, I'm I, I'm at fault as well because I don't know much about, like, other cultures as well. Like, you, you could say, like, the Sabah and Sarawakian cultures and their religions and their races. So, you know, if some, that's why, like, I just want to do my part and educate people on my, my uh, race and religion. That's all. Yeah, so, all right. That's fine then. Okay. So, yeah, just wanted to keep it short and sweet. Yeah. So anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to uh, our episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and had fun listening to all of our stories. Uh, we want to give a big shout out to Ace Mamat. He is the artist who created uh, our artwork for our podcast. So go and follow him and on Instagram at ace.cream, cream with two M's. Uh, <clears throat> super talented guy, super friendly guy. Hit him up and support him. Uh, really, really affordable prices as well. I mean, his his. I mean, what can I say? His artworks have, have been amazing, right? He's been doing like our yeah. podcast artworks, our episode artworks. It's really great. So hit him up. Yeah, it's really high quality. We really like it. All right. So thanks for listening up to like the minute of this, guys. Thank you so much. And see you in the next episode. And see you next time.